This is the Top Notch Real Estate Agent Podcast. Yeah! Helping you grow your business, multiply your time, and boost your income. Here's your host, John Holston. Thanks for joining us on the Top Notch Real Estate Agent Podcast. I am John Holston, and I am grateful you are with us today. Larry Kendall, he is one of the most recognized names in Northern Colorado real estate. He's been in the business for over 40 years. He's one of the most respected real estate experts, I believe, in the country, quickly spreading that way at least. And he's absolutely, uh, of course, one of the most respected in, in Northern Colorado. He holds a master's degree in business administration from Kansas State University. He is one of the founding partners of the Group Inc. real estate company based in Fort Collins. And if anyone has his finger on the local real estate trends, it is Larry Kendall. He is a go-to guy. Larry, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, John. So I invited you on today to talk a little bit about the real estate market in northern Colorado and really in Colorado in general and whatever you want to share nationally, some of your thoughts. And I know that you have kind of an answer when someone says, uh, Larry, how's how's the market? Yeah, <laughs> how do you re, how do you respond? To that, that is probably the most asked question realtors get, and I think it's important to have the right response. Uh, <clears throat> I would start by saying there's a couple things I would not say. Uh, I would not say how busy I am, mm-hmm. uh, or how there's no inventory. Uh, either of those is not the right answer, and will cause uh, the person asking the question. You can watch their shoulders slump and they kind of feel disappointed. Uh, what we would recommend that you say when somebody says, uh, how's the market? Say, well, what have you heard? And uh, that's a great uh, way to probe and, and to discover where they're coming from. Another great uh, uh, way to respond to that question, if they say, how's the market? Say, uh, what part of the market are you interested in? And see what they say. Because there's, you know, the market is made up of a lot of market segments. Like so, what? what? Well, are, the are they interested in say? the high-end market, the, mm-hmm. the mid-range market, the starter home market, the new home market, the investor market, the commercial market, uh, the apartment market? You know, what market are they interested in? And that usually gives you a clue. They'll say, well, I'm interested in the market in Southeast Fort Collins, or I'm interested in the market uh, between 500 and 600,000, uh, or the market in a particular school district. Uh, so you'll discover more if you ask what part of the market are you interested in. Well, I think every realtor has probably gotten that question, right? <laughs> I would imagine. The other thing is I'll ask, boy, I bet you're, I bet you are busy right now, right? To which I just say, I am having a blast. I'm yeah. having the time of my life, right? Because they're, they're, they don't want to think you don't have time for them. Exactly. Obviously. So, hey, before we jump into some of the data, I'd like you to go through as far as uh, just some of the information you can provide us on uh, the local, the different types of markets we're talking about. What is your go-to resource? Like whenever you want to research data, uh-huh. where do you go to get your numbers? Okay, uh, great question. I think obviously for realtors, the basic uh, database is the MLS. You know, that's you, you start with that. I always like to go further, and um, I like to go to fhfa.gov. Okay. That's a federal government website. stands for Federal Housing Finance Authority. Um, I like to, to check out the, what they call the house price index because they track every home that's sold in the United States every time it's sold, and they publish an appreciation index for states and also for uh, a little over 300 uh, 
markets. And uh, I like to track that and see how our market compares to the national, uh, where we're ranked. You know, Colorado uh, has been in the top 10 now for several years as far as best markets in the country for appreciation. You can also look at that and you can determine if the market is speeding up on appreciation or if it's slowing down. And I like to see those trends as well. So that's a, that's a great source, FHFA.gov. Um, for new construction and developers and builders, we subscribe to Metro Study. And I love Metro Study because it gives you uh, a lot of data uh, on the new home business and uh, the development business. Um, is that local or is that a national? That's a national yeah. company and their methodology is they go, they start by going to the uh, units of government in the planning offices and they identify uh, uh, planning ma uh, maps, basically, if projects have been approved. Then they actually physically drive out there and see if there's any streets, uh, any pipe in the ground. Are they just what we call paper lots or are they developed lots? And then is there a house being built on them? They track those, is the house being occupied? Hmm. And so their methodology is very thorough. And uh, if you are involved at all in new home sales, you'll want to subscribe to Metro Study. Um, so it kind of depends on what, again, what market, so right. to speak, you're looking at as to where you would go. Exactly, Okay. exactly. You know, uh, uh, one that's fairly new, and, and you probably have received uh, emails on this, have you uh, received anything from House Canary? I, I haven't actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, House Canary is emerging as a, uh, they use, they're using big data to predict uh, markets and house prices. Um, it's similar to Zestimate, but I think more accurate and uh, also looks at markets. Uh, so um, you can uh, type in a zip code or you can type in a, uh, a property address and it will forecast what the odds are of uh, a decline in prices over the next two years. And uh, whether, what, what is your, what they call your risk index? Is it moderate, is it high, is it low? Uh, good news, Northern Colorado is very, very low. I, I just checked that on my house. The odds of my house dropping in value in the next two years is 2%. 98% uh, chance it's gonna maintain value or go up. So uh, uh, check out House Canary, you can just Google that one. And then um, one other thing that I look at, and <laughs> I must be one of the few people who looks at it, because when I talk about this, uh, most people aren't checking it out, but I like to go every month to the Colorado Department of Labor and take a look at how many people are employed in Larimer County. I also look at how many are employed in Weld County. And I compare the most recent year to the same, I'm sorry, the most recent month to the same month a year ago to look at is there an increase in employment or is there a decrease in employment? Because um, for 10 years I taught uh, at, real, at Colorado State University College of Business, I taught real estate cycles. And one of the best predictors of a real estate cycle is employment. And so um, if employment is going up, it will impact the real estate market in about eight, 12 to 18 months. So it's a 12 to 18 month forecaster of real estate activity. If it drops, if employment drops, and we're not talking about the unemployment rate, we're talking about the employment rate. So if the number of people employed drops, it's gonna affect the real estate market 12 to 18 months from now. Where are we at right now? Well, you know, it's interesting. I'm always being asked, well, where's the market headed? Are we, are we in a bubble? Are we at the peak? Yeah. Um, you know, I say, well, I, you know, 
Uh, and this I, is I, a this is a money back guarantee answer, right? Yeah, right. You're going <laughs> to. I'm very confident about the next 12 to 18 months because uh, employment is still rising, mm-hmm. even in Weld County that got hit pretty hard by the oil and gas industries. Uh, their employment is still uh, rising there, and so, where are those jobs coming from? So if employment's rising, yes, who are the employers? Well, I think uh, if you talk to anybody in the construction industry, they cannot get enough workers. Um, you know, Larimer County has a 2.3% unemployment rate. Now I think it's down to 2.2% unemployment rate, one of the lowest in the in the United States. So um, we don't have enough jobs. We, we have the jobs. We don't have the workers. Companies are booming. I mean, if you look at this area, um, almost everybody's hiring. I don't know anybody that's really laying off. I mean, the largest, our largest employer is Colorado State University. Uh, they just continue to add students uh, and as well as faculty. And, uh, you know, New Belgium, mm-hmm. uh, the beer industry, the technology companies. Uh, medical. Medical. Medical is yeah. huge. So um, as long as the employment is rising, that's what we look at. And I should, I should define employment is different than jobs. What this report says is these people are employed in Larimer County. Now, their job might be in Denver. Mm-hmm. Their job might be in Weld County, but they are living in Larimer County and they're employed. And so, therefore, they are an economic force. And, uh, you know, they can afford to, to buy a home and own a home and, you know, uh, function. So I w- those are some of the, for- uh, the sources that I look at. So when people say, are we in a bubble, right? Uh, what you're saying is you feel good about the next, you said, 12 to 18 months or so. Right? Absolutely, yeah. 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 And is it just too hard to tell after that? I mean, is it just the, because like you're saying, the employment, um, if that's 12 to 18 months, is that what you said? Uh-huh. We're seeing that the trend. Yeah. That's what you're it's a for, kind of basing a, that on, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a leading yeah. indicator by 12 to 18 months. I think they're, <clears throat> on the bubble, you've got to look at, at more than just empl- employment's a big one. And um, then I would also look at supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, bubbles are caused by typically a, an oversupply. We don't have that problem. We have the reverse problem. We don't have enough supply. Uh, in certain segments of the market, uh, we could have um, uh, more supply. You know, the higher end, for example, the really you know, over a million dollars, uh, there's not a lack of supply, okay? I don't right. think there's an oversupply. Right. But um, that market's slower, so you look at supply and demand, and then you look at uh, and you look at jobs, and then you look at interest rates, because interest rates can really put a screeching uh, effect on a market. You know, I I, I lived through the 1980s market where uh, uh, prime rate hit 21 percent, mortgage rates hit 17 percent, and it just you know it brought the it brought the market to its knees. And so I don't see any of those three factors supply-demand relationship, jobs or employment, and interest rates, you know, being a, a, a limiter on, uh, on our market going forward. Uh, I just don't see the bubble. Now, for me, in my personal experience, what I am noticing is it feels like the market's loosening up a little bit, residential. Yes, I think we're starting um, to see a, a rebalancing of supply and demand. Which bit. is great because is when great. I started a little over five years ago, um, you know, that's when we started into kind of where we're at right. for, at this point. And uh, it's, this is the first time I'm experiencing in a good way a balancing out where mm-hmm. our buyers actually feel like they can buy something. Yeah. You know, and whereas we were initially, you know, I mean, even a year, year and a half ago, 
you know, probably even a year ago, we're getting 10, 12 offers on certain properties that now you're seeing maybe five or six. Yeah. <laughs> it's still <laughs> which, pretty strong. It's pretty strong, you know. But, I mean, you're seeing that, I think, a little yeah. bit more, which is good news, uh-huh. right? I mean, that's good yeah. news for your for your buyers for sure. Yeah. Um, is that how you see that as well? I totally mm-hmm. see it that way. And I think uh, uh, that balancing is really healthy for us. I don't think we were in a healthy pattern of not having enough supply, the multiple offers, uh, double-digit appreciation rates. Those are not sustainable. Uh, you know, uh, I think we're starting to see the market uh, balance and moderate and be much healthier long-term. You know, John, going back to your question about the bubble, I think that the bubble discussion reached a crescendo a few months ago when a company, an analytics company, put out a, a news release forecasting uh, that there was a bubble in Colorado, there was a bubble especially in Denver, Boulder, uh, northern Colorado, Fort Collins. And their their analytics around that revolved around affordability. And uh, their, their forecast said that the home prices were accelerating faster than, than uh, employment, uh, the people's incomes, and that they were ultimately not gonna be able to afford to buy those houses. I would totally agree with that part of their analysis. What I disagree with is that uh, that's an incomplete analysis of the market. <clears throat> they were basing that on the assumption that every buyer in the marketplace is a first-time buyer, hmm. mm-hmm. uh, which only really represents about 20% of the buyers. 60% of the buyers are coming out of an existing house, and they are, 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 are sitting on $100,000, $200,000 of equity are you following me? Absolutely. And so, yes, yeah. uh, the, the new house. Great time to buying, move up. Yeah, if they were going to buy that that new house that they're moving up to as a first-time buyer and they didn't have that equity to work with, it could be a problem for them. But 60% of the market has amazing equity, okay? Uh, then there's another 20% of the market that are investors. And so, really, they, they only analyzed that small percentage, about 20% of the market that's a first-time buyer, if you're entering the market for the very first time and you, you're not bringing, you know, hundred, two hundred thousand of equity into the market with you, uh, it's a challenge for you. Absolutely. Great. Let's talk a little about, um, let's talk about the residential just uh, resale market at the moment. Okay. okay. Great. And, and you can throw in some of the others here too of the, the new construction will play into this as well. When we talk about Northern Colorado, I think most people are thinking about Fort Collins, Loveland, Greeley, Severance, Windsor, Timnath, Wellington, okay, uh-huh. this kind of this area up here. Are there distinct differences between these different communities or um, do you feel are generally they're the same trends when it comes to sales and in what I notice is, uh, John, the trends will t- tend to be very, I'm not going to say the same, they'll be very similar, but the timing of those trends is what's always different. So, for example, uh, if you go to the core, and I think uh, the core in Northern Colorado would be considered Fort Collins, mm-hmm. or at least Fort Collins, Loveland, um, that is the first market uh, uh, to recover as you come out of a recession. It's the last market uh, to go in. So when you start to see changes or trends, uh, uh, you'll start to see it in those smaller outlying markets first. So if, uh, uh, well, not if, but when we go into the next market cycle, my, where, where we want to watch is those outlying uh, areas, Severance, Wellington, uh, uh, you know, maybe to a certain extent Windsor, 
Johnstown, Millican, uh, we'll start to see a slowing there first. Mm -hmm. And we're also mm -hmm. already starting to see that in the rebalancing of supply and demand. We're starting to see greater supply now available in those markets first. Um, Berthet, another example, uh, uh, more supply. Uh, still res pretty restricted supply within Fort Collins itself and to a, to a lesser extent within, uh, uh, within Loveland. So um, the trends tend to go, but not at the same, not at the same timing. So recently, uh, we heard the uh, state demographer uh -huh. right, talk about population growth. Yes. And right now, Larimer County, of course, leads in the, the race against Weld County. Yes. And it sounds like that's not going to stay like that over here over the next, is it next 30 years? Is that right? It's the population should roughly double? Yeah, the, the state demographer's forecast was the, fa the fastest growing area, I believe, in the state of Colorado was going to be Larimer and Weld Counties. And Weld would grow faster than Larimer. And uh, part of that is uh, availability of land. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. if you look at uh, Larimer County now, uh, west of I-25, uh, the land is starting to be pretty restricted. It, uh, there's not much left. And so most of the growth going forward over the next 30 years will occur uh, east of I-25, which is now starting to move into to Weld County. So when we hear about this projected growth, where are these people coming from? <laughs> I mean, that's one of the big questions. Yes. And the other question is, well, let me, what are your thoughts on that? Is there any research to show where these folks are coming from? There is. Uh, first of all, what's bringing them here? A lot of it is employment growth. Our companies here are all doing very well. Uh, the economy's uh, very strong here. Uh, companies are hiring. They're bringing people in. Um, some people are just moving here because they've heard of the jobs and, and the, you know, and so let's go there because it's a great lifestyle, a great place to live. Um, it's interesting, you know, about 60% of the U.S. population lives within 50 miles of the, of the ocean, if you count the mm. Gulf Coast. So there's this band of humanity around the edge of the U.S. And those markets are, are expensive, they're crowded. Uh, in some cases, the lifestyle is great. In other cases, not so much. And companies and people are starting to look inland. And when you start to look inland, you look for climate, you look for lifestyle. Colorado pops up on the screen. Well, now let's look at Colorado. Well, let's look at Denver. Well, that feels a little bit big for us. Mm -hmm. Well, what about a college town? Well, that brings in Boulder. That brings in Fort Collins, Greeley. Um, what about lifestyle? We have kids. Uh, we don't have kids. We're single. My, my observation on people who want to move to Colorado, if they're single, they almost always go to Boulder or Denver. Huh. And if they have families, they want to come to Fort Collins yeah. or possibly to Love, Fort Collins, Loveland, or, or possibly Greeley. Because a great place to raise kids. Great good schools. Good schools, yeah. great family area. Good activities. Yeah. So, uh, well, the other question people have oftentimes is where's the water going to come from? Yeah. Because we do... We struggle with water, yeah. uh, you know, the, having water. Tell me about that a little bit. Like, wh what are your thoughts as to what? Well, whether we like, like it or not, and there's a lot of, you know, political um, angst really around water. But in my belief is ultimately it'll come from agriculture. Whether that's good or bad, that's probably where it'll come from. Uh, currently about... Um, Last numbers I saw, about 80% of the water in, uh, in this area is used for agriculture. Hmm. 
so there's a lot of it out there actually there it's is. Just where, where and, it's located yeah and yeah. so that water will get converted to municipal use probably uh, it's going to change farming uh, pretty dramatically over time uh, that's a concern that's the, that's a very big concern uh, in fact I've seen uh, studies as high as as uh, 85 or 90 percent of the water is uh, agricultural water uh, only uh, I think 5% is industrial and, and the, uh, maybe another 10 or 15% is residential. When you convert an uh, irrigated farm to a subdivision, uh, you actually have uh, excess water left over. It takes more money or more water to grow corn, for example, than it does to grow houses. So uh, that's probably where a lot of that water will come from. That's, that's, yeah, that causes farmers to lay awake at night. Yeah. Uh, especially if they don't own the water on their farm, if they're leasing that water, for example. Uh, if they own the water, they're going to be wealthy uh, because they own those water shares. Let's move into investors for just a moment, okay? So right now, um, where should investors be looking to purchase property? Well, there's an old saying, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. And I've been in this market uh, for 44 years, and uh, <laughs> every year uh, people say, "Well, the, the, the prices are just too high." You know, <laughs> they're not going I, anywhere. I anytime missed, soon, I missed right? the boat. I, you know, yeah. I, I should have bought you know last year or year before. Um, there is a rule of thumb that I have found over time that is a pretty good rule of thumb for investors, and uh, I would recommend that, uh, as far as where you buy, I think really any area of northern Colorado that you're comfortable with uh, is good. I think if you can go to the core, like Fort Collins or Fort Collins-Loveland, I think that's probably uh, safer. Um, but it's harder to make the numbers work. And, and, the, and the rule of thumb that I've always followed is if you can put 20% down, 25% at the max, and rent that property for enough to break even or cash flow, and it's a good property in a good location, good condition, good good bones, as they say, good floor plan, you're probably okay buying that property, and you'll probably do very well on it. House, condo, townhome, does it matter as far as the investment itself? You know, over time, historically, houses have done better than condos, but uh, because of the condo defects law and the fact that that limited production of condos, condos the last two or three years, have, have the prices have just gone crazy. And so I think um, as far as whether to invest in condos or single family houses, I think either one that, that fit that rule of thumb, 20, 25% down break even or cash flow. We see a lot of, of uh, apartments going up right yep. now in Fort Collins. We see a lot of student housing yes. around the campus. How is that going to affect the housing market when it comes to single family or rentals? What are your thoughts? Well, historically, uh, the apartment submarket has has had an ability to, uh, or has a has had a propensity to oversupply about every ten years. Uh, they build too many, and then there's an adjustment, and don't build any for a while. And then, and we're kind of in one of those expansion modes right now, uh, where there's a lot of apartment construction. Uh, there's concern that we may oversupply, which I think we could. Um, but keep in mind, uh, we have. A big population growth. We have our millennial population that are hitting, uh, they're, they're, they're moving out of home or out of college. They, the first 
housing choice probably is to rent before they buy. So you've got that demographic coming in. So we need we need apartments. I mean, we need a lot of apartments. The, la the last study I saw was from uh, CoStar, and their forecast over the next four years was for apartments to uh, to moderate a little bit and go up, uh, rents to be going up, I think, in the 3 or 4% a year range mm -hmm. compared to the 9% that they were going up here the last couple of years. So a, 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 I think we're going to see in that market segment a, mo a moderating again of rents, of prices. I think it's uh, starting to uh, to balance again. Okay. Uh, we're about done here, about out of time, but just a couple of uh, other questions for you. We have a lot of realtors listening. So are there any cautions that you would share with, with uh, NOCO realtors as we had, you know, with the current market? Yeah, I would. Um, I don't think we should be, should get what I call intoxicated by this 10, per, 10 to 12% appreciation that we have going on and the multiple offers that are is driving that. Um, what I'm seeing is uh, uh, there's quite a few realtors who are doing less business each year but making more money and they're just riding that appreciation. And, um, and that's okay as long as we don't get sloppy in, our, uh, in how we do our business. And uh, I think that um, uh, I'm seeing us as an industry uh, being pretty sloppy. I, I go into houses, uh, they're not very well staged and some of them aren't staged at all. Why? Uh, I'll have 10 offers by Mm -hmm. by this weekend yeah. uh, no, no brochures or uh, you know a, a copy of an MLS brochure is all that we're doing we're just not putting the energy in uh, as professionals that I think we could and should um, I'm reminded of a, of a house we had over on uh, on Park Street uh, that hit the market and uh, uh, 15 offers within 24 hours uh, five loan offers, uh, 10 cash offers, but of the five loan offers, only two of them had a lender uh, letter uh, showing that the, the buyer was qualified. On the 10 uh, cash offers, only one of those had a verification of funds. So really of the 15... Which should be a basic part of it. That's a base, that's in. basic. Yeah. And what that tells me is that a lot of realtors are just throwing it on the wall, hoping some of it sticks. Because out of those 15 offers, there's really only three that were, uh, the realtors had really put the time in and, and, and there were decent offers. So I, I worry a little bit that the market uh, has moved so fast and has appreciated so much that uh, we've got to be careful that we don't lose our focus. So that would be my advice to the realtors. Don't lose your focus. Stay focused. Uh, uh, do the job. Um, and you'll be fine. Keep your quality high. Keep your quality your, high. Absolutely. Okay. Um, anything else you'd like to share? Anything you think would be helpful for uh, agents right now? All I would say is that I think, from my perspective, real estate's the greatest industry uh, that any of us could ever be in. We need to be thankful for it. And we're looking good for a little longer. Oh, yeah. Very good. Very good. All right, Larry, thank you for joining us. Thanks, John. Appreciate, Appreciate being here. Okay. Catch you next time. Okay. Bye. This is the Top Notch Real Estate Agent Podcast. helping you grow your business, multiply your time, and boost your income.